all aboard. Seven years ago, the earth froze. Now the train is all that's left. And let the trash talking begin. We just wanted to save the best for last. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Monday, January 25th. We're counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies, but first, your entertainment headlines. Legendary journalist and former CNN host Larry King died Saturday in a Los Angeles hospital. King, who was 87, was hospitalized earlier this month with COVID-19, but a cause of death was not disclosed. Fox has revived the iconic crime show America's Most Wanted. Former ABC News anchor Elizabeth Vargas will host the new series, which is slated to debut in March. And John Krasinski's sequel to A Quiet Place has been delayed again because of the pandemic. Originally pushed to April 23rd, the movie will now open this fall, September 17th. For other news, reviews, interviews, and much more, head over to EW.com. Today's number three pick is The Bachelor, where emotions are still running high, surprise, surprise, after Sarah's abrupt departure last week. Tonight's episode brings the arrival of five more women, one of whom might be a call girl, apparently, and the ladies are not taking it well. Here's a preview. We've had enough drama this week. We all deserve a break. What? No. Five new girls. Who the f are these random ass hoes? Is she kissing him? I want to vomit right now. It's hard. This is so hard. People are pissed. They just wanted to save the best for last. We literally just want to go home. The knives are out, and they'll need them to cut that tension. Also on this week's episode, Katie and Victoria get into a trash-talking face-off. Things get physical, not that way, on two group dates, and Chris Harrison drops a bombshell that will change the course of the season. On top of all of that, former Bachelor Ben Higgins and Bachelor Nation favorite Wells Adams drop by to join in the fun, question mark? Viewers certainly won't be bored, at least. You can catch The Bachelor at 8 p.m. on ABC. Number two. After kicking off its third season last week, All-American is once again our number two pick today. This week's episode finds Spencer and Coach Billy continuing to struggle at South Crenshaw High and realizing they need to adjust their style and start earning the team's trust if they're going to succeed. Here's a clip from the episode. Where's the rest of the team? Why? We ain't enough, Coach Beverly? <laughs> Everybody be quiet, please. I told you it's Coach Baker. And if you need to be reminded, it's my name that's on the field out there. Now, why won't anybody answer my question? Where's the rest of the team? A few guys transferred to other schools. Some lost their eligibility when Principal Carter raised the GPA requirements. It's not like it really matters anyways. And we only need one player to make it to state. Ain't that right, Spence? Just getting real tired, man. All right, cooler, cooler, cooler. Are you going to keep running your mouth, or do you need your legs to join in? Whatever you say, Coach Beverly. Okay, I'm going to have to save my little welcome speech for later. Right now, y'all get your asses out on the field. Let's see if you're still smiling after some suicide snaps. Seems like Spencer and Billy are going to have their work cut out for them. Elsewhere this week, there's a new coach at Beverly who threatens Jordan's starting quarterback position by shaking things up on the team. Coop and Layla get into an argument over Coop's tour paycheck, leading Layla to discover why patients left the tour early 
and Asher is keeping a secret from Olivia that could jeopardize their relationship. Now, Asher's keeping secrets? We don't even know what happened between Spencer and Olivia over the summer yet. Well, it seems there will be plenty to keep fans guessing this season. All-American takes the field at 8 p.m. on The CW. EW Digital News Director Jillian Cedarholm joins me now to answer the question, what you watching? Hi. So I'm re-watching one of my all-time favorite shows, the one season wonder Freaks and Geeks, which hit Hulu today with the original soundtrack, which is important. Uh, so I can finally retire my scratched up DVD set. I've been watching it on for the past two decades. Well, and and the music is a big deal because that's been part of the whole like holdup with why they couldn't be on streaming, right? Because of rights or something like that? Yes. I, a large part of the budget was spent on music. Um, the show is set in the early 1980s and it has a, a soundtrack that's just a bunch of killer classic rock so- songs. Uh, Rush, Journey, Van Halen, The Who, Grateful Dead, a great theme song, um, Joan Jett's Reputation. And so they just didn't have the money to secure the rights to that music on streaming. It was on Netflix for a short time and it just replaced a lot of those songs with generic Uh, music and just really took away a feeling of the show. So it it was a bummer and that's why I have those DVDs going strong. Yeah, well, now you can watch it streaming in its full glory. Um, so tell everyone who, if people aren't familiar with the show, uh, of course, it's kind of been part of pop culture for such a long time, but a lot of people have not seen it. So in a nutshell, what's the show about? Yes. So it's a show created by Paul Feig and executive produced by Judd Apatow and stars a cast of then pretty much all unknown actors who have gone on to have amazing careers and you recognize them all. Um, so it was it premiered in 1999, but like I said, it was set in 1980 at a high school where we follow a group of uh, two friend groups, the Freaks, aka the stoner slacker crowd, and a group of lovable geeks. So the main character is a girl named Lindsay, played by Linda Cardellini from Dead to Me, Lover. whose grandma's mm-hmm. death kind of sets her on a spiral and she rebels from her life as a goody-goody mathlete to hanging out with a cooler crowd of freaks, uh, including her bad boy crush, played by James Franco. Um, The freaks group also includes Jason Segel, Seth Rogen, and Busy Phillips is probably my favorite character, Kim Kelly, the (laughs) resident bitch of the group. Uh, The titular geeks are made up of Lindsay's little brother, Sam, played by John Francis Daly, who later starred on Bones, uh, Martin Starr from Silicon Valley and Sam Levine from Inglorious Bastards and like a million other shows and movies. Love it. It's such a great cast. And tell everyone, what do you love so much about this show? Why do you keep coming back to it? Yes. So even though it's set in an earlier time period, it just so perfectly captures the feeling of being a teenager and trying to figure out who you are, that it really transcends generations. I really identify with the Lindsay character as a teen who myself kind of walked in both the nerdy and slacker worlds, but never really felt completely like an insider to either one. Every episode is so (laughs) well-written and acted. It's hilarious. It's heartbreaking. It's heartwarming. There is a scene in one of the later episodes that's just Martin Starr's character, Bill, silently making himself an afternoon snack and watching TV that is just so touching and I can't even fully explain why, but it just makes me laugh and cry and fills me with this sense of nostalgia. And that's really how the whole 
series feels to me. Well, uh, you have me convinced and hopefully many others to uh, go over to Hulu right away and watch all 18 episodes of Freaks and Geeks with all of the original music. Jillian, thank you so much. Thank you. And that takes us to today's number one pick. But first, a quick break and... It's trivia time. TNT's Snowpiercer series is back tonight. But before we get to that, a question about the original Snowpiercer movie. Director Bong Joon-ho convinced the film's original distributors not to cut a scene by claiming it was a tribute to his father, who worked as what? A fisherman, a chef, or a trash collector? Stick around for the answer and today's number one pick. What to Watch will be right back. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. This week in entertainment history, Marvel Studios' Black Panther premiered on January 29, 2018 at the Dolby Theater in Los Angeles, starring Chadwick Boseman as the title hero and Wakandan King T'Challa. Director Ryan Coogler, the first black filmmaker to helm a Marvel movie, received a standing ovation when he introduced the film, which went on to gross more than $1 billion worldwide and become the first superhero movie to receive a Best Picture Oscar nomination. The future of the upcoming Black Panther sequel is uncertain after Bozeman's tragic death last year, but Marvel has confirmed that the role of T'Challa will not be recast. And now, all aboard for today's number one pick, Snowpiercer. TNT's sci-fi drama returns for season two tonight, continuing its journey through the frozen post-apocalypse aboard the titular train. Last season ended with a shocking twist when another train showed up on the tracks, carrying Snowpiercer's original engineer, Mr. Wilford, and Melanie's long-lost daughter, Alexandra. The new season will introduce Sean Bean as Wilford, who showrunner Graham Manson describes as a, quote, dastardly and fun and very well-dressed villain, and who creates a dangerous rift as people are divided between loyalty to Wilford and to the new democratic regime aboard Snowpiercer, led by David Diggs Layton. Here's a preview. Seven years ago, the Earth froze. Now the train is all that's left. Layton's trying to keep the peace, but... Oh, one dirty look away from a civil war. We're in for something far worse than anything we've just come through. Yes. Finally. Apocalypse isn't so bad, really. I think we're going to get to know each other very well. Welcome to Big Alice. You tell Mr. Wilford the people of Snowpiercer will never surrender. Everybody got their top buttons done. 
Oh boy, it's going to be good to have Bean back in villain mode for this one. Now to discuss what we have to look forward to this season, I'm joined by EW's Clark Collis. Hello, Clark. How are you? Uh, hi there. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Happy to have you here. First off, uh, let's go back to that season one finale. How shocked were you by the reveal of this other train? And, and how much of an idea did you even have that something like this was coming? I was pretty surprised because this is obviously, uh, I mean, Snowpiercer is partly inspired by a series of graphic novels. Uh, and it's partly inspired by uh, director Bong Joon-ho's uh, earlier film, and certainly in the in the earlier film, there's just the one train, uh, you know, endlessly going around the planet. There's no sort of question about there being another train. And indeed, then in in the first season of Snowpiercer, right up to the end, uh, no one was like, "Hey, is it possible there's another train going around uh, the planet?" Because they didn't think there was. Uh, and then there was, and it's uh, you know, it turns out to be. Uh, to be uh, under the command of, of Sean Bean's Mr. Wilford. Right. And, of course, then made more complicated by the fact that her long-lost daughter is with him. Yes. So uh, Melanie had left uh, her daughter behind to uh, go off with, with Snowpiercer. Uh, she thought, uh, she believed that she was that her daughter was in safe hands. Um, but it turns out that the hands that uh, she was in ultimately belonged to Sean Bean's Mr. Wilford, who's had now uh, several years to kind of mold, um, uh, to 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 mold uh, Melanie's daughter uh, Alexandra, sort of you know, to, to make her, her her a sort of lieutenant of, of his, as it was. And I was talking to um, showrunner Graham Manson, and he was saying that much of the you know, so you've got this character. Uh, in, in sort of the, the tug of war situation, really, with with Jennifer Connelly's Melanie, her mother on one side, and then sort of the the you know the man who's been essentially her father uh, and boss, I guess, uh, for the last few years, uh, Mister Wilford on the other. And I think a lot of the season um, is going to be sort of that sort of tug of war, and we're going to discover uh, ultimately where where Alexandra's loyalties really lie. Indeed. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Snowpiercer pulls into the station at 9 o'clock tonight on TNT. Thanks, Clark. Thank you. And now the answer to today's trivia question. Snowpiercer movie director Bong Joon-ho convinced the film's American distributors not to cut a scene by claiming it was a tribute to his father who worked as what? A fisherman, a chef, or a trash collector? He was a fisherman. Bong persuaded the distributors to keep a scene where soldiers cut a fish by claiming his father had worked as a fisherman. But as he later admitted, this was a lie to get them to keep the scene in. And his father was actually a graphic designer and professor of art. That is our show for today. We'll have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow. Be sure to rate and review the show, and of course, follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm senior TV editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW, and I'm at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. What to Watch. What to Watch is written by Tyler Akalina, edited and produced by Joshua Heller, produced and hosted by Jared Hall, and executive produced by Shana Naomi Krokmal and Carly Usdin.